You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. It is presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman career in my 20s. I cannot believe we've got rookies reporting for training camp all over the place. It's basically starting now. I am extremely fired up for all of the shows, Ross Tucker Football Podcast, even Money, the betting podcast, College Draft podcast was amazing this week with Dane Brugler going over some of the top 2024 prospects like the quarterbacks. But this show, I mean, it's time to shine for the fantasy feast with my boy Joe Dolan. Check him out on social media at FG underscore Dolan. He is the fantasy gangster over at fantasypoints.com where all of you, yes, all of you, should go to fantasypoints.com, use the code 23FEAST, and get a discount on your membership. Because I heard, Joe, you guys even have new awesome stuff coming yeah. out. Yeah, for sure, Ross. Um, uh, it's out. It's it's called the Fantasy Points Data Suite. It's been in the works for nearly two calendar years. Um, and it is like a massive fantasy and betting-focused a suite of statistical tools. We have our own in-house charting staff. You remember our guy, Brett Whitefield, who we had on the podcast. Well, he and Chris Wecht head up a an in-house charting staff that basically wanted to revolutionize how we display these stats to people with filters, with, with um, qualifiers. We have so many tools and there's so many more in the works. Um, I can't we we have way too much time constraint here for me to even begin talking about it, but it's data.fantasypoints.com. There is a free trial right now. Um, It's actually, it's a free preview. And then we get into a seven day free trial. If you sign up so you can see if if it's for you Um, it's, it's only $50 for this year. And we think it's something that other sites would charge hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for. So um, I just encourage people to check it out because all the statistics that I'm going to bring up on this show now and in the future come directly from that. Yeah, and you bring up some amazing statistics, and we need them today because we're talking about DeAndre Hopkins signing with the Titans and what that means. There's a lot of running back news to get to. It is a newsy, newsy week from a fantasy football standpoint, Joe. I'm beyond fired up for next week when we will dive into the tiers of Dolan, which are critically important for when you are doing your – your drafts, whether it's best ball or season long or whatever, you need to make sure you listen to the tiers of Dolan episodes because it's not just how these guys are ranked. It's the tiers in which they're ranked because that is a differentiator. Speaking of a differentiator, Joe, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Huge fan of BetterHelp and what they're doing for people. I think all of us, Joe, you, me, we all either ourselves or have family or friends that have benefited over the years from therapy. And I think everybody knows that. It's such a cool thing that we're at such a better place in society 
as it relates to mental health, therapy, talking with people. Highly encourage you, if you're interested in that, you need that, you want it, whatever the case might be, give BetterHelp a, a, a try. It's totally online, so it's obviously convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime, by the way, for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com feast today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Dot com slash feast. All right, let's talk about the help, Joe, that the Tennessee Titans just got in the form of DeAndre Hopkins. So let's start just DeAndre as a Titan, his fantasy value. So the funniest part here is the Titans on paper have like if you look at the history of wide receivers who have actually played for the Titans, it it might be like up there with like the best in history because Randy Moss played for the Titans. Uh, Julio Jones played for the Titans. Andre Johnson played for the Titans. And now DeAndre Hopkins is going to play for the Titans. And I think DeAndre Hopkins and certainly the Titans are hoping that um, his outlook with Tennessee is a lot different than those previous names that we brought up. But first and foremost, I do not fault Rand Carthon for making this move. Um, I know, you know, you, 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 Ross, I had to actually mute the conversation on Twitter when, when you responded to me and you're like, well, if they hadn't traded AJ Brown and everybody chimes in, oh, Rand Carthon didn't make that move. And I was like, all right, yeah, I get the point. But he, he, he was kind of covering up for previous errors. They had nothing at wide receiver beyond Traylon Burks. And it's not like Traylon Burks is, is a sure thing at this point. Far from it. So if Traylon Burks doesn't play like a first-round pick, they literally have nothing at wide receiver. So this is a move that I think they had to make. Now, unfortunately for Hopkins' fantasy outlook, this is going to be a far less um, enticing move than if he were to sign with, obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, or, heck, even the New England Patriots. Uh, I think this is a move where... You look at the Titans passing volume, only two teams threw the ball less than the Titans last year, and those teams threw it at historic lows. The Atlanta Falcons and the Chicago Bears both would have ranked last in the NFL over the last 17 seasons in pass attempts per game, Uh, and the Titans were the only team to throw it more than those two teams last year. Um, there's a couple of, of layers to unpack to this onion. First and foremost, the good news is there's not a lot of target competition for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Traylon Burks, as we said, and uh, Chigazim Okonkwo. Um, I'm still in on Okonkwo, by the way. I don't, I don't view DeAndre Hopkins coming here and maybe becoming the number one receiver that we weren't sure Traylon Burks could be. I don't think that's going to hurt a Chigakonkwo. As a matter of fact, I'll take any ADP dip on Chigakonkwo. But let's look at the outlook for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, our, our guy Ryan Heath, who's a rising star at FantasyPoints.com, did an article a couple of weeks ago about aging curves and looking at how wide receivers, running backs, quarterback, how these guys age getting into certain years of their career. DeAndre Hopkins is entering year 10 of his career. Ryan found um, that from fantasy points per game, Wide receivers entering their 10th year tend to score about 23% fewer fantasy points than they did in their years one through nine baseline. 
So if you were to regress DeAndre Hopkins by 23% from his years one through nine baseline, he would average roughly 10.5 fantasy points per game in half PPR. That would have made him like wide receiver 26, 27 last year. I actually think that's probably a little too high for Hopkins ranking this year, just because of the nature of the offense. Um, I'm going to put him personally in the thirties in my, in my rankings when I get set down with a pen and pad and really go through it. Um, I expect uh, his ADP will fall a little bit. That being said last year, even in Arizona where there were numerous quarterback issues, obviously Kyler Murray had injuries, Colt McCoy, Kyler Murray, Trace McSorley playing, Hopkins dominated targets last year. He averaged uh, 2.283 per fantasy points data targets per route run. It was seventh most among wide receivers behind CeeDee Lamb. So he was still commanding targets at a high level. He was the wide receiver 10 in fantasy points per game. He averaged the 10th most receiving yards per game. There is some concern, though. When not only do we chart routes run, we chart against what type of coverage DeAndre Hopkins ran his routes against. He ranked 72nd out of 105 wide receivers in yards per route run and 96th in yards per target under expectation against man coverage last year. And he saw a catchable throw on 73% of his targets against man coverage, which is right in line with league average. So while you think you can explain away the fact that the Cardinals had such quarterback issues, that doesn't necessarily bear out in the statistics. And it might it might make sense. I mean, Hopkins was never a big time explosive, um, you know, separate. He was a, he's a contested catch. He's a physical guy um, who finds voids in zone. So DeAndre Hopkins is, I think, a certain kind of receiver at this point in his career. But I really think um, it's a, it's a kind of receiver the Titans needed. Oh, and by the way, yet, yet another layer to the onion. Remember, he had a serious MCL sprain at the end of 2021. And for a guy who was in his ninth season, how much did that affect his explosiveness? I still think he's somebody who, when push comes to shove, a veteran quarterback like Ryan Tannehill on third and six is going to look for DeAndre Hopkins because DeAndre Hopkins is still going to have the route savvy. He's still going to have the physicality. He's still going to have the contested catchability. I think he's going to look for him in the red zone. So I think this is a signing that makes sense for the Titans. I think it's a signing that makes sense for DeAndre Hopkins because he got money. It just doesn't wow me from a fantasy perspective. I think the name is bigger than the game at this point. And the Titans had no choice. And I I don't begrudge them for making this signing. DeAndre Hopkins is just somebody I'm not going to be terribly interested in. I'm also bumping Traylon Burks pretty far down uh, in my rankings, at least five to ten spots. Um, we'll get to tiers of Dolan at wide receiver in a couple of weeks. Um, but at, maybe at that point I'll have a clearer picture. But at, the, at this stage, the, the Titans who I'm most interested in drafting are Derrick Henry, because I think this move helps Derrick Henry. I'm still drafting Chigakonkwo. I'm not getting off of that hill. And now Ryan Tannehill, who we'll talk about next week in tiers of Dolan quarterbacks, is somebody who's a really appealing late round option for me. So I got a couple questions. Um, but first, I want to make sure everybody is taking things to the next level, drinking some Labatt Blue Lights with their friends and living life to the power of we, and that they're always doing it responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. 
All right, so Joe, couple questions. Number one, is Traylon Burks good? Do we think he's good? There were some good things that he did last year. Um, I just, I, I don't think we can know yet. He didn't play a ton. He didn't get a ton of targets. They had serious quarterback issues. I Like, Ross, I don't know. Um, and I know he was a polarizing prospect. Our guy Brett Wetfield did not like Traylon Burks a lot. Greg Cosell liked him a ton, you know, comparing him as somebody to A.J. Brown. So I think it's fair if you want to take an ADP dip on Traylon Burks, depending on how long he falls, and says, you know, what if he's really good? And what if DeAndre Hopkins helps unlock his potential? I mean, in theory, he's going to see more favorable coverage matchups. So um, I don't know if Traylon Burks is good. And I think that's why the Titans had to make this move, because they don't know if Traylon Burks is good. And they have to make sure he's in the proper scenario for him to develop. Because if he doesn't develop into a quality receiver, like I said, they're 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 up, you know what, it, without a paddle, if Traylon Burks isn't good, even if DeAndre Hopkins is good. Next question. Does the Hopkins thing change anything with Derrick Henry or Tannehill in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I'd like Derrick Henry more, and I like Tannehill more. Like, I, I mean, there are few, there is less attention on Derrick Henry. That's always a good thing. Um, Derrick Henry is a third round pick because everybody is. I think everybody is on the mind with running backs these days, and we will get to that. Don't worry. Um, that you want to be off them a year too early rather than a year too late. But Derrick Henry at this stage. Um, He's been a unicorn in his career. I much li- I very much like him uh, in the third round, which is where you can get him. And if you start wide receiver heavy in a draft, I mean, that's a potential game-winning running back for you that's available in the third round. And we haven't seen that a whole lot in recent years. All right. The other question I have is I want to start to get into these running backs a little yeah. bit. And I want to start with Joe Mixon taking the pay cut in Cincinnati. We kind of saw this coming. Does it make a difference for you now, Joe? Well, it actually bumps him up on my draft board because I thought there were some people who were shying away from Joe Mixon on the potential that Joe Mixon could be cut. Uh, And now we know that he is back. He's back in in Cincinnati. Um, You know, our guy Scott Barrett had been drafting him all offseason on the assumption that he would be back. He was not afraid to to... to buy the dip, so to speak. He finishes the RB6 last year. Um, uh, but if you remove the game where he scored 55 fantasy points, he falls to RB13. But that's more than baked into what his ADP was prior to him getting injured. He was second among running backs in expected fantasy points per game, which factors in his usage, which factors in the quality of targets, the quality of carries he gets. So Joe Mixon now, I mean, look, their, their, their top backup is Chase Brown, a rookie. Um Look, I think Joe Mixon is a potential good value. He's boring, but remember the podcast we did a couple of months ago when we were talking about lessons learned. Boring won fantasy championships at running back last year, and maybe that's the case again this year. Joe Mixon's on a Super Bowl contending team that's going to score a lot of touchdowns, and he's going to have an opportunity to score those touchdowns, and there's no more Samaj P. Ryan. I think Samaj P. Ryan is the ultimate coach's pet running back because he goes forward and he takes care of the football. P. Ryan's not there anymore. So is anybody else going to step up in that backfield? It's possible Joe Mixon's snaps go up this year. Wow. Um, That's wild. All right, let's talk about the franchise tag fallout. And it's been a major topic of conversation. No long-term deals. 
for Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs or Tony Pollard. What, if anything, does it mean for you, Joe, from a fantasy standpoint? I, I would say there's a little bit of added risk in drafting these guys. But from people I've talked to. In what the, way? Uh, well, in the event that they decide, screw you guys, I'm going home. I don't think that's going to happen. Because I think they can look at the Le'Veon Bell situation from a couple years ago. And Le'Veon Bell ended up getting paid. But Le'Veon Bell himself came out this week prior to these running back deadline uh, non-extensions and said he wished he had never left Pittsburgh, wished he had handled the situation better. And Le'Veon Bell is, is the poster boy for a running back holding out in the, in the modern age. He did it. He sat out an entire year, didn't get his money, went and got a big contract, but then bounced around the league because he had lost his effectiveness, and that contract really never uh, never came to maturity, if you will. So I don't think Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and, and I don't think there's been any talk of Tony Pollard uh, sitting out, but I don't, I don't think any of those guys are going to hold out. But maybe it's a tiebreaker. Oh, you know, Saquon versus Nick Chubb. Maybe I'd take Nick Chubb, you know, like Saquon versus an, uh, 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 Devontae Smith. Maybe I take Devontae Smith, but it, it's uh, Ross. I really think it's coming to an, an inflection point here. And this is where I definitely want to get your, your thoughts because you mentioned that you never thought you'd see the day where guards were making more money than the elite running backs of the NFL. Double. Double. And like Ross, no offense to you. I you look, you made a hell of a life, and, and I'm glad because it brought us together. The Giants aren't putting Mark Lewinsky on season ticket package advertisements, <laughs> okay? Um, and I want to talk about this from like a human standpoint. Running backs are big stars. We're playing a game, and they are. They're playing a game, okay? Like you have to understand that. Everybody understands that. But they're playing for our entertainment, and you can argue that they get the biggest beating of anybody in playing for our entertainment. And then they're cast aside and essentially said, all right, well, thanks. Now you're not worth anything. That doesn't sit right with me. And it doesn't sit right with the running backs in the NFL. As you can see with Derrick Henry's comments, Le'Veon Bell made comments. I saw Carrion Johnson making comments. Austin Eckler came out. And look, Austin Eckler made an argument. He's like, you know, it's proven that you can't win a Super Bowl without a big time running back. I think it's very easy to question the validity of that statement, but I'm not questioning his frustration. And I think we're getting to an inflection point here. I really do. Like fans want to see Saquon Barkley, you know, like ultimately fans are going to root for wins. I understand that. And it's very hard to make an argument that signing Saquon Barkley to a quarterback adjacent contract is a good way of team building. But is there something we can do here? Because, I like watching Josh Jacobs. I play fantasy football, okay? Running backs are integral to this game. And I want to be entertained. This is why I want running backs to get paid. This is why I don't want guys like Saquon Barkley to decide, oh, I'm going to play slot receiver, or I'm going to play linebacker, or, you know, which is a big concern in the NFL uh, for future generations, I'm going to play soccer. 
because running backs are fun to watch. Reggie Bush in college, that was fun. Saquon Barkley in college in the NFL, that was fun. Derrick Henry is fun to watch. And as a fan of football and as a fan of fantasy football, I don't want this position to go extinct. And I don't think it can, by the way, Ross, because look at some of the most brilliant minds. I've been listening to my pal Jordan Rodriguez podcast on The Athletic called The Play Callers. Kyle Shanahan is considered the most revolutionary offensive designer in the NFL. His entire offense is based around the run game. So it's not the position's not going anywhere. There's no, we're not dropping back and playing seven on seven anytime soon. So what can we do? Ross, I want your thoughts here. What can we do? How do you feel about it? Well, the first thing we can do is play best ball on DraftKings because it's amazing. We're going to have an incredible offer, Joe, for our next best ball contest going against you and I, which will be an absolute blast. To start playing best ball, all you do is download the DraftKings app using code Ross, enter DraftKings Best Ball Millionaire Contest. It's a snake draft. And then you guys know, most of you, every week you just rack up the points from all your top scores. You don't have to worry about it all week with inactives and injuries. So what are you waiting for? Head to the DraftKings app, sign up with code Ross, start playing best ball today, join the DraftKings $10 million best ball tournament, You'll get your first entry back in DraftKings dollars only on DraftKings with code Ross. So here's what I think, Joe. I think there's a market for everything in life. And I think recently there have been a number of veteran free agent running back contracts or veteran running back contracts that teams kind of regretted. Teams kind of felt like they wish they hadn't done. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing is, though, they say that. But usually, they were happy those first couple years because there was harmony in the locker room. They still had a really good player. You know, I think a little bit sometimes on this, it's like hindsight's twenty twenty. I would also say I think the Titans are happy with the contract they've given Derrick Henry. I think the Browns are happy with the contract they've given Nick Chubb. Uh, I mean, the Niners, to put it in perspective, Niners traded draft choices for the right to pay Christian McCaffrey $16 million a year, right? So two thoughts on this. Number one is I think the pendulum is starting to swing too much the other way. And the way that that gets solved is by teams that are going cheap on the running back position or like getting rid of Dalvin Cook, it backfiring and them not having as much success with Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler or whatever as they would have with Dalvin Cook. So it sounds bad, but that's kind of what you need. The other thing is, like I think the Giants made a mistake because supposedly Saquon only wanted like one or two million more a year or one or two million more guaranteed. To me, the message it sends the locker room And to have your star player happy and with the guys, I think is worth the money that the Giants chose not to give him. But these guys could elect to skip games, to try to get more for one year, to try to ensure that they don't get tagged again next year, which something they could still negotiate. Or they could come, Joe, and sign and then send a message to the team. By maybe getting a tight hamstring that first day of practice, having to miss a couple games. You know, I mean, I, 
That sounds bad, but I, I mean, I'll probably write an article this week about all the things I've seen teams do to players over the years that I deem way, 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 way worse than that. So um, there are options, such as the players holding the team's feet to the fire and or the players, it's starting to backfire on teams and teams realizing, you know what? They are worth that much. They are worth more than I'm giving them right now. Yeah, and I, I wonder if there's just something that can be done with the contracts for running backs in general, incentivize them. Um, if they, if these guys get run into the ground when they're in their prime, make sure they're compensated for that. Uh, I don't know what the answer is. I well, just know. and Joe, first of yeah. all, they should be able to leave college before three years. Yeah. Secondly, the fact that the Giants could hold on to Saquon for seven years is just ridiculous to me. Five-year rookie contract, then they got two franchise tags, that is something that the NFLPA um, can and probably should fight. No player should be locked up for seven years. Other than that, I am stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.